Thank you for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoy it. If you're enjoying Pirate Living Podcasts and all the content we bring to you each week, you can support us and buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash pirate living. Other ways you can show your support as well, subscribe and follow Pirate Living Podcast, rate and review our show, and share this podcast with your friends. You can find us on Instagram at Pirate Living Podcast to keep up with the latest episodes, awesome guests, and bonus clips. Pop in and say hi. We love chatting with fellow pirates. You can also reach out to us uh, to learn more about our individual and group coaching programs. And as usual, keep creating good trouble. And now on to today's episode. Welcome to Pirate Living Podcast. We are hosts, Karan and Kristen. On this podcast, we are highlighting ordinary people living extraordinary lives. These are pirates who take small, bold actions daily to create social change. Pirate life is all about rebelling and breaking the rules for good. Creating lasting social change starts by first breaking our inner rules. After all, the hardest rules to break are your own. The pirates we highlight have dedicated themselves to creating good trouble. Today we are talking with Stefan Neff. Stefan is the best-selling author and podcast host of Steps to Sobriety. Stefan has hit rock bottom and is on a mission to demystify mental health problems and bring hope to those who need it. He is using his experience um, to now guide others to make new choices and take charge of their lives. Stefan has been taking daily action for the past eight years to get him where he is today. And we are thrilled to be chatting with you and learn more about your journey. Hello. Good morning, guys. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be on your show. We're glad to have you. So you have been on a journey that's taken you from rock bottom to thriving. So we would love to hear about your pirate journey and what's led you to where you are today. <laughs> okay, I just had a re sorry, the, the smiling, the <laughs> laughing was because I just had a realization about an old saying that that I uh, was taught by my dad. He he always said that women love uh, during the day they like an insurance uh, salesman as a partner, and at night they like a pirate. <laughs> and that just came to my mind, and actually it it feeds quite well in because in my mind, in when I was a young person, I was I was quite an introvert. I was quite shy. I was quite you know a um, a person without much self worth. As a teenager, like most teenagers in this world, I didn't know how to fit in, and it was it was weird. And then, however, I I figured out uh, one day I, that I was actually quite good at school. So we had a, a teacher who I hated, and and the whole class hated him. And I made it a point of knowing more in our daily tests than him on the topic. And once I achieved that, wow, I was the hero at class. So that was the first time that I felt, wow, that's nice. So as far as academia went, this was cool. So yes, I, I, I became that, but that was only academia. The rest of me was still self-worth. And, uh. and so imagine what happens when then one day alcohol comes in uh, later on and you suddenly get that feeling of, wow, everyone loves me. And I suddenly can come out of my shell. And that was just beautiful. 
But in every pirate story, there are also fights. And yes, there was a fight. Unfortunately, I was so not prepared. It was really the pirates were suddenly on my deck and I was sitting on a, on a uh, tram station waiting for the tram when a gang came up and they were bored. And next thing I knew, I was on the ground uh, bleeding without uh, front teeth. And that was at a gender age of 13. So um, that didn't go well. Um, I was traumatized forever. And a month later, I started training. So bottom line is, I I immediately took action, which is great. So good. But that was the, the 70s. Uh, no one talked about trauma. No one talked about PTSD. I certainly had no help. So in my mind, I reframed it. I said, okay, I'm going to be a lean, mean fighting machine. And again, I achieved that. And that was beautiful. So yes, there I was in a dojo. I, I think there was still bruised and probably scapes and things still in my face when I started training with the police. And that was quite cool. But so you had me at 13, being insecure, being shy, and being traumatized. <laughs> so I went full out martial arts, four hours a day. And alcohol was not yet there, but it was the a very... <sighs> very intense, hypervigilant, ready to go, ready to take this bastards on at any second. It's a very dark life. So here I was insecure, constantly threatened, PTSD. Uh, and that was the next five years from 13 till 18 when I went to university. And then at university, suddenly I discovered the alcohol. Mm. And suddenly I discovered the girls. <laughs> and life was never the same again. So life was good. So this was the pirates hitting back to their secret island and having a fantastic time. Talk about parties. Talk about, yeah, wild parties, pirate parties. And we were renowned for our parties. It was really, really good. So that was a time when alcohol was actually making sense. When alcohol was a friend. When alcohol was, was a steady companion. In the 80s by then, it was lifestyle. In Germany, to you drink, and the problem, of course, is in, for me. I drank because I wanted to fit in. I drank because I wanted to lose my inhibitions. I drank because I wanted to forget the darkness, and it worked at that time. But I have never developed coping mechanisms at that time. So I lived in the darkness really, and the only time when light was there was really when alcohol was there. So, and I think that's that's the key lesson for, for many of, of the people out there uh, to learn. People look at alcoholics and think, oh God, why does he not stop? Look at his life. Uh, and the reality is alcohol fulfills a need. Alcohol mm -hmm. is your best friend for a certain period in your life. The problem also at that moment in time is that your brain clicks onto that and it knows deep down inside how beautiful alcohol is. So it puts it in, in a memory bank just next to oxygen, water, food, alcohol. And that's where we are working. So here I was, had cemented this core belief, wrong core belief, in my in my brain, this this memory of alcohol is the best thing ever. Guess what? If you have no coping mechanisms and life 
brings you more pirate battles and more shit hitting the fan, then you know, don't know how to cope with it. Well, it's it doesn't end well. Mm. And I was, I became a workaholic. That was a way how to not needing to deal with negative emotions. And I became an alcoholic. And like all good alcoholics, um, I was convinced that there was absolutely nothing wrong with me. 95% of alcoholics will tell you hand on heart and they mean it. There was nothing wrong with me. Me, alcoholic? Nah. Over there, Joe, my goodness, <laughs> he is an alcoholic. Look at him. But me, no, I'm, I'm, I'm social. I'm just a social man and I'm just very social, you know. I mean, every day a bottle of wine or two or three, that's okay uh, because that's it. And guess what? We are bringing other pirates in that live exactly the same way. I shouldn't call us pirates then, actually, because at that moment we are just, I don't know, Pufflov's dogs. Uh, we are we are uh, poor creatures that that are run by our emotions without us actually knowing what we are doing. But we are clever. We are clever beasts. So therefore, we bring in others who are just drinking as much. Hmm. So your friendship circle is suddenly saying, "Yeah, look." And wherever you go, you want to have a drink. Even before you go, you preload. You want to have a drink because you want to feel good, and it's all normal. So it's an interesting life when you're in that stage of your alcohol consumption. By now, you're, you're, the alcohol has become a firm part of your life. It's really, really good. And yeah, it still serves some purpose. But slowly but surely, you know, things start to unravel. And that's in many, many of alcoholics' lives. Some of us faster, some of us slower. Some of us are high-functioning alcoholics that hold a job, that don't get in, in, in uh, in trouble with the police or with anything else so that's really really nice so high functioning alcoholics uh, we are a good breed there's so many of us for crying out loud if you look at the amount of chemical addiction in our population the there are some more advanced figures um from the people on the coal front and uh, the coal face and they tell you it's about one in three of chemical addiction in the population. Um, if you look at more uh, conservative figures, maybe one in five, uh, one in six or so thereabouts uh, will be chemically addicted. Um, nowadays, if you take addiction a bit further to include sugar and to include screen time and those kind of things, behavioral addictions, bloody hell, we are one nation. And when I say we, I'm New Zealand, we've got Canada here, <laughs> we've got, you know, no, uh, I take you guys just as much as us here. It is, we are a, a, a nation of addicts when you include that, all that. But let's stay with the alcohol. The alcohol is, is a good thing so far in my life, but because I've never learned better coping mechanisms, therefore life, in my case, decided to throw me one curveball after the other and... and one one trauma after the other um some quite big ones down the line and the only thing i knew what to do is run away from them and that is with work i became a workaholic and with alcohol afterwards i'm an alcoholic and that only works this long but you're hanging on to it 
you're staying there you want more you want more so it's it's a weird 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 thing so what can you do i mean it's it's at some stage there's some people of us who actually get the inside ourselves and that is fantastic uh, but typically it takes more than that so many alcoholics they need a run-in with the law um maybe even end up in jail to to where they get try uh, or at least um, go through the immediate withdrawal and stuff like that or yeah or something needs to happen and for me it took a long time it took really until about eight years ago when my wife showed me the love and showed me the persistence and and the belief in me to actually say enough is enough and uh, behind my back enrolled me in a uh, in a rehab hospital and at that time I was rock bottom. I was drinking so heavily it's no longer fun. I was deeply depressed. And in all fairness I had damn good reasons for it. And that's the problem. I mean life is is you can't just say, Ah, I think positive. It's gonna be all fine. And tomorrow there will be ah a beautiful sunrise and Unicorns floating over the sky. <laughs> no, my life was different. I'm sorry. No unicorns. <laughs> a, lo a lot of shit from maybe unicorns or whatever it was. <laughs> mm. So here you are. You've got basically, yeah. I I just could no longer function without alcohol. I could no longer function with alcohol. I was a very bitter and resentful and angry man due to all the circumstances with hindsight many of the circumstances self-inflicted um i can't be angry when i work 16 hours then drink four hours and then sleep four hours that maybe i'm not in my best etc so yeah it's just if you think about it but it's that is that is how you think at some stage in your alcoholic career you bastards look what you have done to me i show you I'm going to drink a whole bottle of vodka. Ha <laughs> ha, that will show you. Ha. <laughs> and it's that kind of attitude. And you think, what the hell? With hindsight, you, you just want to slap yourself silly. But at that moment, it makes sense. And it is just so bizarre. So there is a lot of screwed thinking going on in people who uh, use alcohol as an escape mechanism. Um, because that's what we do. That's why we drink. We want to escape our reality. And that might be your sex, childhood sexual abuse. That might be the trauma that you experienced as a teenager. That might be the trauma that you experienced more recently. Um, it all has to do with us wanting to escape. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the key thing. So again, there is the alcohol actually fulfilling a need. Because for the person who is in severe emotional strife, it is the alcohol is better than the alternative not drinking mm. and facing the the pain that is that is waiting for them that is there ready to 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 do an onslaught and yeah so that is it's so important you can't just look at alcoholics and and just shake your head um i i would say if we analyze the life of any of the listeners out there and actually see what is happening at the moment with these guys um 
we will find coping mechanisms that are maybe less than ideal. And that might be anything. Because I'm my poison was alcohol. But alcohol is an addiction. Mm. Gambling is an addiction. Pornography. Sex. Making love with everything that moves and has a heartbeat. Yeah, mm. well, that is a nice distraction. Extreme sports. Um, workaholic. And some of these are far better accepted than others. If you're a workaholic, whoa, look, he has achieved so much. Wow, we're proud of him. And if you actually look deep inside, well, guess what? There is a marriage that is failing. His kids don't know him. Uh, and I say him. I could do another mm -hmm. uh, gender pronoun here, regardless what your, your gender is. Um, you know, it is it is the same thing. So mm -hmm. addictions, they can be chemical, they can be behavioral, they can be anything. Mm -hmm. I just so happen to choose work and alcohol as my main bonds. Yeah, but guess what? Sooner or later things unravel. Mm -hmm. And that's where we where I ended up in rehab. So I want to actually find out a little bit more about that because um what was it about that one moment where your wife enrolled you in rehab that you were ready to make a change? Especially if, if she enrolled you, mm. like you said, without you knowing, how is it that you mm. took that and made your own changes? Because you have to do the work as long your wife can enroll you. But I mean, you're the one that has had to do the work. You come at some stage, you come to a point where there is not enough alcohol in this world to drown the pain, to mm. stop the pain. And that was exactly what happened to me. I knew I was in trouble. I knew I wanted so much to to make it stop. I, uh, I wanted to say I'm no longer in control, that alcohol is running my life. I wanted to say that. I didn't have the strength to do so. I finally, after really hitting mental rock bottom there i finally came to the point where i was able to accept it normally i would have fought i would have told her no i'm absolutely fine and the next thing we had a row um in this particular case i was just finally at a point i was sick and tired of being sick and tired i was so run down and finally she did not actually fight uh, with me. She actually showed me love and understanding. And that completely disarmed me. Mm -hmm. So it, I was not able to, to jump into my usual fighting, survival kind of, now nah, you are wrong. And I'm not stupid. So I, I can actually manipulate words quite nicely. And even in my head, it started making sense. Um, so you, you come up with all these kind of reasons why you why it's okay for you to drink and why, why she is wrong um, and why she's a bad wife to actually challenge you constantly on your drinking. Now, in all fairness, she has been as good as me when it came to drinking, but she found Jesus Christ at some stage in her life. And as it happens about three years before I came into rehab. And so she was initially white knuckling it. So she didn't have much of behavioral intervention, but she had the support of her church and the support of her faith. 
And so she was actually starting to get better. But as with everyone who stops an addiction, they often swing the pendulum the other way. So I had a, a rabbit uh, anti-alcoholic in, in my house. And you can imagine what that did to our, our relationship. So fights, fights, fights. And again, more reasons to drink. So it's one of these bloody times. Mm. What was it at that night? I don't know. Uh, but it finally, or that morning actually, it was, I was lying in bed, uh, waking up from another hangover. Um, and my wife and my two teenage children came in and laid on a bed with me and cuddled and said, hey, we have arranged this rehab and it's going to be okay. And this was just so beautiful. As I said, they showed me love at a time when I was when I was feeling that I'm worth nothing, that I that there is no hope. I was hopeless, helpless, worthless. I was a failure. I was a heap of shit. Um, I had so many names for me and I was convinced at some stage that the world would be far better off without me. And the only reason that I never followed through is that I couldn't figure out a way to make it look like an accident. Mm. So it was a very, very dark time towards the end or towards the, the pinnacle of my alcohol addiction. And it was, yeah, it was not a nice time. I wouldn't, it was not a time that I even would wish on my enemy. Mm. No, it was, it was brutal. And then the pain of change did suddenly no longer feel like a pain, but maybe, just maybe, as a way out. Mm -hmm. So that was when I realized, okay. And because my wife had organized everything, she had spoken to my work. So I was off work. Um, she had done everything, all the steps. Mm -hmm. She had taken out a loan um, to pay for the rehab. Um, we didn't have the money at that time. It was all, wow. So I didn't have to think of anything, any excuse mm. I could make. She had predicted and I was ready to change. Mm. Nine, I was ready to stop behaving like a dick. Let's do it like that. <laughs> let's, let's, let's say that. Mm -hmm. The change, I had no idea what was coming. Because when you're in this life, I was still helpless. And I was still far from convinced that there's help from me. I just this this notion of hope, the tiniest, the tiniest little little green leaf that is coming in between some rocks and some ice and some you know, the, the first germination of hope came through. And that was on a on a Wednesday morning. Friday we drove to Auckland and there I was, the deer caught in the proverbial headlights. My goodness. Um, and then the journey started. And uh, it started with with a detox. Um, so the first few days are a bit rough. Now, I did, never had a withdrawal proper, but I certainly um, I can't remember much from the first week. Uh, but maybe this was also trauma in its own right, uh, because it was so, wow, what is happening here? And what is happening is actually something beautiful. I often say, come on, everyone needs to go to rehab. Absolutely everyone. You must at some stage in your life, because uh, when do you ever stop? 
and think. And that's exactly what rehab is. Rehab, essentially, uh, a good rehab, uh, models behavior from the word go. So you get up at morning at seven, if you like it or not, um, brush your teeth, get a shower. Eight o'clock is breakfast. Everyone. There's no excuse. Not 8.05. No, eight o'clock is breakfast. Um, and before you uh, go to breakfast, you all come together, give a group hug and say uh, your serenity prayer. So you start putting good habits into the game. Your breakfast is healthy um, because there is um there is and where i was we had a actually a, a chef who was preparing things the, the fridge was well stocked so you could in the morning make yourself whatever you wish and then um lunchtime and evening was catered for and it was beautiful healthy food lots of veggies greens because can i have another salad it's not something that you say when you're drunk okay you're you're eating shit so you're eight you're 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 completely taking out of your body all the nutrients that that are there in reserves because that's what an alcoholic does that's what the alcohol does um and you don't feed yourself with thing got you know so you've got the alcohol as a whammy you've got malnutrition as a whammy and it's a brutal life when you actually look at it for an alcoholic um and then there you are yummy food healthy food gorgeous and then it starts the day starts in rehab and typically you get a power talk, at least an hour rehab. The boss of the rehab come in talking shit and, and but in his in his talking shit he was he was actually he showed a life in him. And the dude was in his seventies, uh, a alcoholic in his younger years, but he was now the man who showed that there is hope. And every morning he would dial up people on his phone people who had been for the clinic. Oh, I know just the dude. And so you knew down the line at any one moment uh, in the morning at eight, there could be a phone call from Guy um, saying, hey, how are you doing, my man? Tell us. <laughs> and, and ex-addicts were put on, on the spot. Oh, yeah, I'm doing fine. Blah, blah, blah. And it was cool. So suddenly every morning he dialed up someone. So you got the feeling, huh? Okay, there are actually people out there who live a life and they have been addicts. So maybe there's hope. Mm. 10 o'clock then, ooh, best, best session ever, said no addict ever. Um, <laughs> feelings, emotions, mm. and that's a session. Mm -hmm. And that is something that is absolutely brutal because what it means is you sit in a circle. So if you ever see that uh, in a film, that's a, a feeling session. So mm. you sit in a circle. You have no sunglasses on, no hats, nothing to cover your eyes, face or whatsoever. Nothing in your hands. Not allowed to have any laptop, palm top, whatever. You're just sitting there. And we had a bastard of, a, of an instructor and he was just saying, Morning guys. Silence. <laughs> and he would not say a word. And no one would say a word. And after about a minute of leaden silence, someone would say something and someone would reply. Someone would say, ah, oh, you ate all the chocolate cookies last night. <laughs> um, and suddenly the emotions came out and people were arguing. People were laughing, mediating, everything, any emotion you can imagine. And we had to experience them because they, there was nothing to hide with. We couldn't hide. We couldn't drink. We couldn't, um, you know, run away. No, you had to experience emotions. 
And that was that was a weird thing. Because mm. there we are. I had run away from my emotions for such a long time. Mm -hmm. So this was some of the stuff. And I went to a, to a program uh, that was based on the 12 steps, um, which worked actually really well. I'm an academic brain, so I wanted to, to find out, hey, how does it work? And bottom line is, yeah, from then on, life started. Mm -hmm. Life became a challenge and a beautiful challenge. God, it was gorgeous. I, you, you, you get glimpses and senses of it. Um, and wow, you start, yeah. But you start with connection. I think that's the key thing in, in the opposite of addiction is connection. Mm -hmm. So and in this particular case, when you go to a rehab, you meet people who show you how you can live a life despite being an addict to the fullest and that's that's how you would learn a, a trade if you, if you let's say uh Karan, let's say you want to do a, a restaurant i want to do a restaurant cool you don't just buy a house and, and and start cooking um you you basically put people around you who know a bit more about uh, the restaurant business and learn from them well that's that's what rehab is you basically virtually everyone around me was an addict and they all now lived very different lives. How cool is that? When you actually see success, you smell, touch, talk to success. Oh, beautiful. Mm -hmm. That is how hope is created. And that's why you guys are doing this pirate podcast. That's why I do my Steps to Sobriety. Because we are nowadays modeling these, these changes. We are modeling that there is, that there is hope. Mm -hmm. I I know that the past does not equal the future. Mm. I know the darkness because I lived in it for so long. And nowadays, I want to be the torch. I want to be the light. Because I need to make sense out of all that bloody suffering. Um, I've gone through, through more than probably many people. And it wasn't pretty. Let's make sense out of it. And let's actually share it. Let's actually connect with others and say, look, guys, look at me. That's my story. I got my shit together now. It wasn't pretty when I was down and out, but it was it was what I needed to become this new person. I'm now such a different man compared with anything that I was in younger years. I was an asshole. I was a jerk because I was so insecure and, and lacking self-worth. I certainly didn't love myself. Uh, the inner critic was telling me what a failure I am. Mm -hmm. And and some of these things are still nowadays. Mm -hmm. still the, the, the inner idiot wants to come out and wants to tell mm -hmm. me how bad I am. Um, and it's only nowadays that I've learned to change my core beliefs. Mm -hmm. Instead of saying, I'm a failure, I'm saying, today I'm learning mm -hmm. and I will grow. And that's beautiful. Mm -hmm. So, and that's, that's a, if you actively need to change your core belief. And that is, that is one of the lessons you learn in your journey of recovery. Uh, you are essentially remodeling your life. And you're starting to dive into things. And that is, that's where the magic happens. You're really, you're exploring the darkness. You're exploring the demons. Mm. 
and it's it, the healing happens in 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 layers like an onion <laughs> and you sort of pull one layer back and you find a lot of stinky pus there and well you might have to pull the splinter out or pull the tooth whatever it is and it hurts when you do it and then the body can heal and the <laughs> soul can heal and guess what now you've done that and you think yay it's all <laughs> sorted now yeah right yeah think again <laughs> pull the next layer <laughs> oh more shit happening <laughs> and it is what it is it is yeah. what it is guys that is life mm -hmm. that is life we have trauma in us that many of us have not even recognized that we have mm -hmm. i've met so many people who were afflicted by childhood sexual abuse um, and some of them have so successful dissociated in their brain they have actually they don't know that they had it and suddenly but it not suddenly well suddenly as part of their recovery they started to learn and experience things again and we're now finally as adults able to deal with it um, but for a long time that has caused so much trouble so many problems so that's that's an example there and and we need to learn to deal with these things we need to be able to to go out there and and accept first of all that that negative things have occurred to us and then the next step is to actually seek ways of dealing with that mm -hmm. and for some things that might be um a talk therapy of sorts so neuro-linguistic programming or or um, or indeed psychotherapy those kind of things all of them have got strengths and weaknesses um, for others it might be uh, hypnosis learning self-hypnosis for others it might be indeed physical exercise but trauma focused exercise and, and things so there are so many ways how you can approach trauma and the effects of trauma in your life um, and that's that's actually really really cool so guys out there if you listen to that do you, there's a reason that you listen to this pirate uh, podcast and mm -hmm. it's typically that you have got trauma and and things yourself so mm -hmm. I commend you on that I commend you for uh, you're, you're, you're gorgeous for being here because you're taking the, the step one and step two step one is that you say enough is enough and step two is that you actually believe that there's hope out there and uh, that you actually go out there so step one two and three in in the 12-step program is exactly that mm -hmm. you're not taking action you're going out there and you're finding out more about yourself and about what is out there mm -hmm. and that i i had that on steroids when i went into rehab Mm -hmm. So that was amazing. So yeah, everyone should go into rehab, no doubt. <laughs> and you're 16, rehab. To rehab. Go. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was thinking the steps to sobriety too, or what you were saying, those first three steps sound a lot like um, with the steps to accepting your pirate life, as well as the first, one of the first things you need to realize is there's nobody coming to save you. The only person that's going to change your life is you. Um, and there was another step that I forgot in there. <laughs> yeah, basically it's realizing um, that you are the one that needs to make that change. And so that's, that is a lot of what we talk about too with pirate living is being, taking the responsibility. <laughs> Very much, Kristen, but think about it. Mm -hmm. Most of us don't know what we don't know. Mm -hmm. So therefore, when you're in the midst of addiction, etc., you need, what you need to know is, that there is hope 
what mm. you need to know is that there is help out there and you need to do the, the, the most difficult thing in your life. You need to ask for help. Mm. If you're, if you're trying to do it all yourself, you're bound to fail mm. because you can read as, I mean, for crying out loud, if I look at myself, there is not, there are probably not many self-help books that I have not had on my shelf. Now, some of them I even read, but did I ever put anything in action? Mm -hmm. No, no, definitely. I probably read them with a glass of wine in my hand. <laughs> um, so, okay. So it is um, to take action is really, really hard if you don't have good role models, if mm -hmm. you don't have uh, people who hold you accountable, if you don't have a team where you are the dumbest person in the team. Mm. Um, too many of us uh, put teams together where we are it. Ha ha, we are strong. Look how I work. Yeah, it doesn't really work like that because if you are not the dumbest person, then you take away the opportunities to learn from mm -hmm. yourself. <laughs> and again, so um, pirate, yes. Taking action, yes, 100%. But taking action in the right direction. <laughs> now, that is the key step. You need to know what do you want to be? Who do you want to be? What we decide often enough in our life due to external forces, um, I want to be a doctor, prima ballerina, whatever you wish, wish to be. So that's the what. But who do you want to be? <laughs> you want to be a, a, a man with integrity, authenticity, self-love, beautiful words. I would have not known what they mean uh, if if life depended on it, okay? So therefore, taking action, I took action, a little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit in this direction, that direction, doesn't get you anywhere. Mm -hmm. You're dreading water, essentially. Whilst if you're starting to work with a team, or even with one person, one mentor, one, one person who is by your side and is supporting you, is listening to what you say, and more importantly, listening to what you don't say, well, these are the people that you need in your life. Mm -hmm. These are the mentors, these are the psychologists, the, the, yeah, the leaders that you need. And I was blessed that because I, I came across such people. And nowadays, I know that such people don't grow on trees. You have to hunt them down. So therefore, that's what I do in my show. I hunt people who continue to inspire me, who continue to, where I say, wow, I, I'm blown away with what you do. I'm blown away with the, the trauma that you have gone through. Mm -hmm. And that is so fantastic. That's what mm -hmm. I do in my show. I, I might read about someone and I think, wow, you did what? <laughs> and I go to LinkedIn, where are you? Come on, <laughs> and immediately, come on, I want you. Yeah, mm -hmm. I did that with concentration camp survivors, mm -hmm. with U.S. Navy SEALs, with SAS Special Forces soldiers, people who inspire me, um, people who went from complete wipeout, wasted kind of scenario to become multimillionaires. Mm -hmm. um, you know, from from fate, from mm -hmm. alcohol to entrepreneur kind of stuff. Um, and I look at, at alcohol and addictions and I listen to such stories and I want to know 
how did you get through? And even if alcohol is, uh, let me be, let me get one step clear. We often talk about sobriety and my book, My Steps to Sobriety, we're focusing on the alcohol. That is the tiniest step. Getting sober is, is actually not so difficult, okay? You just need a week or two with the right guidance and the right nutrition and the right medical help at times and that's it, you're sober. Um, then the challenge starts. <laughs> so recovery is all about living a life so gorgeous and beautiful that you find less and less need to escape your reality. <laughs> so that's what life is about. Okay, so bottom line is, yes, it is. life is beautiful, but you need to take action. You need to know where you're going and which direction mm. you're heading. Um, so yes, that is, that is a key thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so much of what you you say in your story really resonates with us as coaches. Like Kristen and I are um, what we call story work coaches. So we do talk about story work, and we go through people's trauma and and you know, like you say, connect. And the the, the keyword I think is connect because first of all, we get to connect with the actual emotions, the things that we've been hiding from or putting band-aids mm. over for so long, right? And then connecting, like you said, with someone that can show us or at least guide us uh, through the process. And then connecting with a community of people that are going to be living a different life. Like you said, you had surrounded yourself with uh, people that helped you to normalize the alcoholism. And I will make an assumption that once you were like going through your sobriety, that those weren't the people that you could connect with anymore, that you had to choose a new, <laughs> a new yeah. community, right? I had so to jump ship. Yeah. The yeah. old pirate ship didn't work anymore. No, I'm yeah, sorry. exactly. And we call <laughs> yeah. that our, your pirate crew, right? Mm -hmm. So your pirate uh -huh. crew needs to be the ones that are going to be there and have your back and, uh, and work with you. Right. So, um, you know, the whole idea of connection, um, that you were talking about really resonates with, with all of that connect with your mm. feelings, connect with community, connect with mm. a mentor or a guide, like mm. all of these connection and ultimately leads you to like reconnect with yourself mm -hmm. um to feel the feelings and to like you said have hope for what a better life looks like that you get to create now mm. and sometimes you might find out that you even don't know who is you anymore mm -hmm. i certainly ended up in in with so much running away from my feelings from everything from hiding i ended up in in a situation after rehab, when I was this church, there was an emptiness. There was a complete, it was, it was spooky because I didn't know who I was. Had you asked me before that, I would have said, oh, I'm an anesthetist. I'm a, I'm a pain physician. No, no, Stefan, who are you? Yeah, I, to I just told you I'm a pain physician. That was all I could say. Uh, all the passion from my youth were gone. There was no more passion about, wow, I'm, I love to do photography. I love to do circus arts. I love to do martial arts. Uh, so I had some, some interesting experiences and skills mm -hmm. as a young man. God, they were all gone. Mm -hmm. So now that was actually quite cool. So again, guys, there's hope out there because in rehab and, uh, or in recovery, shall I say, you can start to reinvent yourself. Mm -hmm. And this time you choose who you want to be. Yeah. And mm -hmm. you need to practice a little bit. Like you're back to like teenagers. 
who do you want to be when you uh, or what do you want to be as a teenager which direction do you want to go in your career i don't know i don't know i like to play mm -hmm. on my video um mm -hmm. uh, that's about it and it's the same thing that this is me in my mid-40s who do i want to be mm -hmm. so i i started um dabbling a bit here and there i thought i'm gonna be arty so and more hands-on arty building sculptures stuff like that learning to weld and do some some weird I don't know, Game of Thrones, literally out of spoons, <laughs> something like that. Um, and I thought, yeah, that's cool. So my, my youngest son and me uh, went to garage sales in, on early Saturday morning. And we made a point every Saturday, drove around and spent money for, for whatever we thought we could do something with. And it was actually beautiful. Turns out I'm shit in sculpting. And so that was not a way to go. I always had this, this saying, hey, look, you know, there's not enough cheesecake in this world. And so that was something I said from my youth onwards. And then I thought, huh, why don't I learn how to make a cheesecake? A proper German-based baked cheesecake. So, and I did. And then I thought, well, why don't I write a book about it? So I did. So there it is, dangerously good German cheesecakes. Now, please, if you if you listen to that, do not buy this book, unless you are uh, you you want to have this mixture of of I don't know volume five of <laughs> of ten of cheesecakes because I I write about a history and I write about everything and then I thought, huh, I better actually put some recipes in there. So it's an <laughs> awful book, awful, awful. But it was my first book, mm -hmm. and I actually had fun. And I baked the shit out of the kitchen. It was beautiful. The house smelled like cheesecakes forever. <laughs> and it was good. It was fun. So I knew I'm not a sculptor, but okay, I like to cook. So bingo, I found something. So suddenly that new person started developing. <laughs> and that's so cool. I had no idea. And so the cooking and the baking, that became part of it. And the writing about it. And I wanted to take pictures, so I got better and I enrolled in courses. So I became photographer, filmer, cinematographer, and that was quite cool. And then I thought, wow, it's so nice. So maybe maybe I work with models. And we we started doing bringing models on and having um, makeup artists. And I was always into zombies and things like that. Mm -hmm. So I've, I'm doing more Halloween kind of shoots, uh, having a ball of a time. And that grows. And now I've done my first children's book, uh, again, where I took pictures uh, of beautiful little creations that my, my co-author did. So you start growing. So the last eight years, I'm growing. I'm growing. And there's not a single day when I don't grow and learn. And I do so by exposing myself to, to my new tribe. I'm putting myself out there. I'm making new connections. I'm meeting people like you, Caron, like you, Kristen. And there we are. We, we are just sharing such intimate details with each other that automatically we might become closer than actually many of the people that I know at work or know in, in, in my normal life. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't matter that, we are, that there are just a few thousand miles between us. Um, there's still a connection there um, that might lead to further collaboration in the future, new ideas, a new project that comes out that mm -hmm. suddenly engulfs all of us. And we say, yeah, fuck yeah, let's go out there, <laughs> let's do that. Let's, mm -hmm. let's. And there you are, you've got passion. And so you, you start to dream. And now, you, again, you've learned to take steps into the right direction. So typically for me, that means I dream of something. 
Then I think, hey, that dream is nice. And then I turn that into a vision. So now I I think of it really in absolute crystal clear details, minute details. I, I In my mind, I see it, I smell it, I feel it, what that vision is. And then I turn that into a mission. So that means that you now take action. Now that you've figured out, okay, this is actually cool. I want to do that. Now you take action. You have no idea how do you want to get to that. So you learn and you grow and you connect. And there you are. You're with your new pirate tribe. You are actually now learning that uh, they are the right people out together. Mm -hmm. And you might actually say, hey, this is cool. Um, we will, uh, hey, I know someone and bring that person on. And that person might be able to guide you, teach you, mm -hmm. uh, support you financially, back you up, whatever your project is, whatever your future is. So again, the opposite to mental health problems is connection. Mm -hmm. So there's there's not much difference between actually the issue of, of addiction and recovery and having a mental health problem such as depression or crippling anxiety and being able to use similar steps to get out of that hole mm -hmm. and those beliefs that no longer serve you. Mm -hmm. So it is beautiful. So you guys are absolutely on the right, on the right thing. So... <laughs> And isn't it, isn't it amazing how we all align, how all our, our missions and our, our ways of thinking align? We might use mildly different words, maybe mildly different paths, maybe mildly, mildly different techniques. All of us are a bit different, and so there's nothing wrong with that. But it's so beautiful to expose yourself to, to another tribe, to expose yourself to... You know, if there's another pirate ship somewhere floating next to you and say, Oi, hello. <laughs> I don't know, what do pirates say? <laughs> Are there, maybe? Throw your leg over. Say, hey, I've lost my leg. Come closer here. We need to talk. <laughs> Whatever the excuse is. Mm -hmm. um, if you expose yourself to something new um, and you learn something new, that's powerful. So you... Yes, you can choose to live in the past. You can choose to think about all the trauma. And you can identify yourself as a victim. And so many people do it. Mm -hmm. um, yes, that's a choice. Mm -hmm. Or you could say, okay, my trauma does not define me. My trauma was in the past. It made me the person who I am now. But it does not define me. Now, where do I want to go with that trauma where do i want to what do i want to do mm -hmm. and it's so beautiful and maybe maybe i plant a seed here maybe guys out there why don't you learn make a plan and learn some new coping mechanism some new thing every every 12 weeks every three months mm -hmm. i wanted to say quicker but actually let's mm -hmm. give ourselves mm -hmm. some time here yeah. um could you learn to meditate in three months' time? Mm -hmm. oh, I would say yes. There are courses out there, transcendental meditation, and then numerous others. Whatever floats your boat. Do you think that if you learn to meditate, that maybe you grow in yourself and learn a new way of appreciating the world? Mm -hmm. Would that be cool? What about a health challenge? And the very first health challenge might be, I challenge you 
to go your, to your GP, to your family physician, mm -hmm. and just make an appointment mm -hmm. and say, hello, I haven't seen you for five years. <laughs> I thought I shall say hello. Mm -hmm. And he might run some blood tests and he might take your blood pressure and he might say, we need to talk. <laughs> well, hello. <laughs> At mm -hmm. least you have now, you've gone to with your car to the service. Okay. And they, they opened the hood and said, oh, good that you came. Mm -hmm. um, so there you go. So what about a challenge? Do that mm -hmm. the next three months. And mm -hmm. then, I don't know, more challenges. What challenges have you got in mind? What, uh, Karen, what challenge would you do? What would I do? That's a good question. Um, you know, I really like the meditation one mm -hmm. um, because despite having many tools in my toolbox, it's one I've avoided <laughs> for, some, <laughs> for some reason. Um, but, you know, when I work with clients, um, you know, the challenges tend to start small, like get outside for 30 minutes a day, get some daylight exactly. exposure, go for a Beautiful. walk, eat mm. a vegetable, <laughs> you know, so and true. they don't have to be, they can be small and Absolutely. these small steps, they compound on each other mm. and, and lead to, to bigger changes. So I really do like that. Um, you know, the, the idea of putting, taking on a challenge and, um, and putting it into practice for three months, because then it becomes a habit and then you get to add another one. Right. Exactly. And, and you're quite right. And that is the thing. Take, don't just do the, the 1st of January. Okay. <laughs> oh, I knew life and we change everything. Everything. Fuck that. No. And by the take 10th of thing. January, you're done. Uh, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, no. Take one challenge. Um, I forever knew as an anesthetist that everyone runs around dehydrated. I can see it. I can measure it every single time patients come into fiat. I see what happens if I actually give them a liter of fluid into the vein, what their physiology change, how their physiology changes. Um, so here I am preaching to everyone to drink. Am I drinking enough water? Bullshit. Of course not. Even nowadays. Um, and guys out there, if you're drinking, then uh, good on you. But by the age of 30 or so, your first starts to disappear. And often enough, by the time you're 40, 50, um, you feel something and you think, oh, it must be hunger. In reality, it's first. So mm -hmm. we are all try like crisps. So a simple thing to do is in the morning, wake up and have water on your bedside table and actually drink it. So I make a point of drinking a big glass of water in the morning and a big glass of water in the evening. Come hell or high water. So that is actually incredibly powerful. Um, with that, there are many studies out there um, which show uh, what such a small, tiny change, what benefit that actually gives you. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. So tiny things, uh, as you say, can make so much breakthrough. Mm -hmm. Most importantly, they show you that change can happen because mm -hmm. you've just done it. Mm -hmm. And it makes it a habit. And suddenly you think, hey, there's something missing. Oh, my glass of water. Damn, I didn't put it out. Uh, and wow. It's ingrained. You become the new person. Mm -hmm. And that's cool. And you say the compounding. I love it. Love it, Karen. Because here you are. You've done the water. Maybe now you say, okay, well, in the morning, I might add something else in. I maybe take a longer shower and just be there for myself. And I just feel the water running over my back and feel how it's nice and gorgeous and... Maybe I just let my mind wander and just take that me time. Mm -hmm. Well, guess what you have just done? That was meditation. <laughs> <laughs> so here you go. You, we just reframed it a little bit. Mm -hmm. But this could be part of your thing. 
if you're if you're lucky enough to have a jacuzzi or a hot bath, mm -hmm. um, go for 20 minutes in a hot bath. Make that make that part of you coming home, um, because suddenly you have got time to actually just mm -hmm. calm down again, a new habit, and it is amazing when you start doing more like that. Nutrition, mm -hmm. you said it. Oh, there's so much to be said. We could do five <laughs> hours of nutrition here. Yeah, <laughs> and but it is so much and. Guys out there, please, that is that is waiting. Mm -hmm. That is waiting for you. You might not realize it, but there's so much waiting for you. Mm -hmm. There is life. There is living life to the fullest. And that's the opposite of addiction. Mm -hmm. I'm out here living a life that I would have never dreamt of. Okay? It is just, it is, I take opportunity and and grow. I did take the last month. I did four days with Tony Robbins, um, paid a little arm and a leg for it, but <laughs> that was worthwhile. Uh, please talk mm -hmm. about mind changing and, and core belief changing. I did. Uh, I took a mentor on um, who holds me accountable. Um, that was cool. I actually like you, Karan, I uh, I talked about or thought about meditation, <laughs> never nearly knew what to do. Okay, so I put my money where my mouth is and actually bought into a course. So I've got a meditation teacher who uh, is on my back. Did you do meditation today? No, why not? Come on, come on. <laughs> and it just helps me accountable. Mm -hmm. So I'm actually going out there and actively looking at ways how I can become a different person. Because I figured out who I want to be. A man who loves himself. Mm -hmm. Who's able to look in the mirror and say, okay, dude, yep, you're mm -hmm. not too bad. Mm -hmm. Compared with the, the self-flagellation that was my past. Mm -hmm. The hatred that I showed to me. The disappointment. The, the, the fact that I considered myself a failure. Mm -hmm. Even nowadays, despite of all the bloody alphabet soup that I've got behind my name, all the titles <laughs> and all the crap. Um, that means nothing. Deep inside mm -hmm. myself, I saw myself as a little boy failing. And it's that is true, true recovery. That is true growth. When you actually can see those core beliefs who do so not serve you anymore and start to do something about them. That mm -hmm. is where the magic happens. That's where you start to change. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you need help. There's no two ways around that. And that's yeah. that's where people like you, Karen, and like you, Kristen, you come in there and, and help people mm -hmm. to to rethink their life, reimagine possibilities, and then give them the tools mm -hmm. to actually step by step go out there. Guys, there's this concept of the five-minute gardener, and that might be quite nice to imagine. If you can imagine that every day you're doing five minutes in your garden, and never less, never more, just mm -hmm. five minutes. It's neither here nor there, you do five minutes. Could you imagine that after a month that your garden looks a bit different? Mm -hmm. Could you now imagine that after three months, six months, or nine months, your garden might actually be an oasis, mm -hmm. that there are things growing in there that you had no idea, mm -hmm. and that it might even feed you or feed the whole of your family. Mm -hmm. And that's for five minutes each day. Now, how many minutes are there in a day? 
I keep forgetting the figures. It's, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. And fa fair enough. You have to sleep and you have to eat and you have to do whatever. Yeah, do you really have to do four hours on screen time and <laughs> looking at Facebook? Or could you do maybe five minutes of gardening? Literally, five minutes of gardening. There's a beautiful study in, in uh, from Australia who looked at how much how much earth, how much ground do you actually need to feed a family of four with your vegetables. And it's 40 square meters. Mm. That's really not that much. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm blessed in New Zealand here. We have got typically a quarter acre section. That's sort of the classic thing that, that houses have here. God, we could basically feed New Zealand just from our backyards. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, and that's, that's just that. So that's the five minute gardener principle. Mm -hmm. And yeah. imagine if we do that in our life, mm -hmm. take your relationship. If you could imagine that I spent actually five minutes, very conscious five minutes with my partner that might be listening or just shutting up and looking romantically deep in his or her eyes. Mm -hmm and just be there leave a little note in the lunchbox or do whatever can you imagine if you do that every day mm -hmm. that after maybe 30 days 60 days 90 days your relationship will be very different mm -hmm. hmm. <laughs> i like that yeah. small steps that are very active steps and measurable very conscious mm -hmm. and do that in the right direction and you have no idea where your life will lead you. Yeah, that is live with passion. <laughs> that will be. <laughs> yeah, it was it reminds us we do something with our clients called 10 minutes of awesome. Mm. You put a timer on for 10 minutes. And whatever that thing is that you've been avoiding, or, you know, um, you know, whatever that that thing is that you have to get done that's weighing on you. Like put the timer on for 10 minutes and take action, just 10 minutes. And let's see how far you get. Cause usually in 10 minutes you realize like, Oh, it's not, it wasn't so bad. <laughs> and here you go. 10 minutes. You like, you've, you know, you got half of it done or, exactly. you know, maybe if it is about taking action, maybe you've uh, researched a course that you might want to take or, or whatever that is. Uh, yeah. We call it 10 minutes of awesome. Uh, 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 <laughs> bonus I like the awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. On every minute too. If you want to go even further, you go, yes, yes, <laughs> every minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that is, but that is exactly how you deal with it. How do you walk 10,000 miles? Well, you put your right foot forward, mm -hmm. break it down to one step and take that first step. And if it's okay, take another step. And if that's enough, cool brilliant but you've started the journey mm -hmm. and that is Absolutely. so amazing it's just mm -hmm. i'm excited about all that because it is it really changed me so much and guys if an idiot like me can change his life mm -hmm. and live now alive truly full of passion um then there's really hope for everyone out there. Okay, that's all I can say. <laughs> and and let me say something. I, I bet you, Karen and Kristin will have their own stories. Will mm -hmm. have their own trauma and their own background. While why they are now doing what they are doing, mm -hmm. making other people's life better. You only can do that if you have gone through darkness yourself, mm -hmm. and you have experienced uh, a not so pleasant time in your life that convinces mm -hmm. you that it's far better to take action 
And some of us get addicted to that. We become really good in taking action. And that's what I love. I'm, I'm addicted to life. I'm still an addict, but nowadays I'm addicted to life. And that is, I think that's an addiction I can live with. Yeah. So where can our listeners go to find out more about you, about Steps to Sobriety, about your podcast, about all, all of your things? <laughs> my Steps to Sobriety uh, is mystepsofsobriety.com is my website. Uh, at the moment, we've got a glitch there for the last 24 hours there. The gremlins are working. <laughs> and similar to our start of our podcast today, mm -hmm. there were mm -hmm. some, some gremlins working in there. <laughs> so something's going on in the world. Uh, but I I will be back. <laughs> um, it is uh, mystepsofsobriety.com. Um, is my website. Um, otherwise, um, I Steps to Sobriety is my show on YouTube and as a podcast. And uh, I'm active on Facebook, LinkedIn and Instagram. So bottom line is there's, there's heaps of ways of uh, checking me out. And uh, I've got uh, my book, My Steps to Sobriety, uh, that has come out in a second edition in January. My first children's book is out there, Esme, the Mindful Mouse. And so, yes, I I'm I'm so active out there nowadays and that puts a big smile on my face mm -hmm. if you hear that as a podcast you can't see me smiling but it is imagine a big Cheshire cat grin on my face that's that's exactly it because it is so beautiful um, um you just become so creative you um, I'm working at two more books, so they should come out in, in our, in your summer, guys, in my winter. So mm -hmm. June, uh, by June, we should be finished uh, with uh, Boys Do Cry and mm -hmm. Depression Light to Me. Mm -hmm. So two multi-offer books in which we explore the dark side, so to speak, and, and bring in storytellers who describe their journey with uh, depression mm -hmm. and how, you know the lessons they learned the hard way so that's a really beautiful thing so uh, that is exciting and yeah all kind of things and that's that's just cool and that's I love this life so guys look out for it I mean it's just where do you want to start where do you want to start can you imagine a child in a, in a toy shop oh look daddy 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 I want that I want that I want the dad look at life in the same way this is this is what uh, what a uh, a, a uh, your life could look like. You could be that child in in a toy shop. Let's say toy shop. That's nicer than the candy shop because really the sugar rush. That's an addiction <laughs> in its own right. So <laughs> go away from that picture. <laughs> mm. You may have just answered it, but our the last question for you is: um, How would you recommend our listeners start um, go about starting their own? pirate life and taking life into their own hands if you're coming from a place of darkness um, then I do suggest that you that your first port of call should be your GP your family mm -hmm. physician because a medical checkup might well reveal something that can be treated and that is the underlying cause of your low mood for example as a woman if you have uh, a low iron, um, if you're bleeding heavier than usual, or if you do that every month, maybe you are anemic. When you're anemic, you feel like shit, and maybe your mood is low, etc. Well, by just treating the underlying cause, maybe giving you the right multivitamins on prescription, and and you know starting your life this way, might rule out something, and you're going to be a complete new new person thereafter. 
even if nothing is found, then you have got a warrant of fitness and you know, okay, I don't need to worry about that. So I think that would be a very good start. Mm -hmm. Do basically uh, um, draw a line in the sand and do a bit of a checkup on yourself. This would be the very first recommendation that everyone should really do. Next step then is try to dream. Who do you want to be when you grow up? Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter if you're 17 or 70. Who do you want to be? And then find people who are living this life and see if you can connect with them. Often enough you find that there are mentors out there, that there are coaches out there who have who have the 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 features, who have the abilities, who have the personalities who you inspire to be. Mm-hmm. Then great, find such a coach. And nowadays on the internet it is so beautifully easy. It's actually hard again because there's so many voices out there. <laughs> so you need to listen to shows like like yours, the the Fire Podcast, where you can actually hear, okay, I really gel with these two girls, mm-hmm. and that's fantastic. So make a call, um, or find some other role model, and model yourself on that. Mm-hmm. What I recommend you though to do is, please, don't do it alone. Mm-hmm. Don't you're setting yourself up to fail. If you just say, oh, from now on, I will listen daily to a podcast. Well, that's quite nice. But if you then only do that and do it all yourself, it's so easy to to not follow through. Mm -hmm. You need to be held accountable. And Mm -hmm. uh, for that, you need connection. For that, you need someone to guide you. Because otherwise, it's so easy to just fall by the wayside. Because life has got its own way of challenging you and mm-hmm. throwing crap at you and suddenly your daily meditation practice you have my bottom <laughs> that's out of the window um, but you need to be reminded you need mm-hmm. to live actively this life of of discovery of of this of growing um, but it's 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 so much better if you can live it with someone who can help you and, mm-hmm. and help you celebrate Help mm-hmm. you go out there, be grateful, and show you, show you the gratitude. Because mm-hmm. there are dark nights of the soul. Mm-hmm. No two ways around it. Only because you now want to change your life doesn't mean to say that life doesn't throw you curveballs. Mm-hmm. No, it will. It might actually go out and say, <laughs> "Look at him. <laughs> he wants to get fatter." <laughs> we show him. You know, I'm sure there's the, the Greek pantheon up there in in uh, in the sky where the gods say, "Look at him. Oh, come on. What shall we throw him? Huh? Shall we throw him what? Divorce? Nah, too easy. Um, you know, that's shit will happen. Mm-hmm. So." You know, it is accepted. The only mm-hmm. thing that is certain is change. Mm-hmm. But the other, the other uh, thing I want to tell you, the only thing that changes in recovery is everything. Mm-hmm. So please, the past does not equal the future. Whatever your, your darkness was, if it was a mental health problem, if it was a behavior, if it was addiction, Whatever happened in the past, that is the past. Right now, you have got a choice to make. Right now, you get to make the choice of, hey, I'm listening to this podcast. Tick. Next thing is, I might actually be able and stretch now. So I get up, stretch myself. Oh, that's something nice for your body. Tick. I might drink a glass of water. Tick. I might eat something now. And maybe, yes, okay, the double sugar-crusted donut looks yummy. Um, But why don't I just have maybe a a sandwich and put some some greens on there? Mm -hmm. 
you know, hide the, hide the spinach. And there's so many ways how you can eat healthy. How is that? Tick. So this was four ticks. You made four decisions that put you into a different state. Wow. Look at you. Look how far you have come. That's four decisions more than you had just a minute ago. How cool is that? Now, life is too short, guys. Life is too short. Go out there. Live with passion. This is... Ah, no, 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 no. Celebrate. Celebrate as the pirates that you are. Go out there. Awesome. Conquer. <laughs> One final question for you. <laughs> Do you have a pirate joke for us? Ah, <laughs> army hardies. <laughs> I was truly trying to find a, a damn good one, but it's, it's hard. It is hard. <laughs> pirate. <laughs> okay, guys. What has 10 legs, 10 arms, and 10 eyes? What? 10 pirates. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for having me on your show. You're amazing. You're, you're changing this world. You're making this world a little bit better one interview at a time. And this world really needs it right now. So uh, thank you very much for having me as a guest. And thank you for... Uh, it was an honor for me to be here. Yeah, thank you. And thank you for being so open with your story. Mm -hmm. Thank you for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did, subscribe and share with your friends. You can also find us on Instagram at Pirate Living Podcast to keep up with the latest episodes, awesome guests, and bonus clips. Pop in and say hi. We love chatting with fellow pirates. You can also reach out to us to learn more about our individual and group coaching programs and keep creating good trouble. <laughs>